What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Flip Hacking Live podcast. This is Bill Allen, and Flip Hacking Live is less than two months away. It's official. We're almost there. I cannot wait. I'm really excited. This virtual experience is going to be like none other that you've ever seen. I just attended an event that our event planners put together this past weekend, and it blew my mind. I was in the audience. I was a spectator. I was a guest. I was watching the host. I was looking at the the, what they were doing, I was looking at everything, all the tech, the dashboard, all this exciting stuff, and I was critiquing it to say, how could I make this experience better for you? So not only do I kind of preach hacking the pros, but I also do it, I execute on it, so I paid a bunch of money, I got to see behind the curtain, and um, now I know, planning ahead for the next two months, what I can do to make this event even better. So go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket, don't wait. Um, at the end of this podcast, I'm gonna give you a code to use to get some bonuses. So uh, please take advantage of those. You will, over the next two months, you can watch this stuff, you can catch up, you can, uh, I'll talk about it in a minute. So I got my buddy Chad King on the podcast today. What I did was I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'm getting a lot of questions about what do you do on your first appointment? So we got people going on their first appointments, taking their first calls with sellers, you've got this lead, it's been brought in, and now you're having that sales conversation with them. What does that look like? Chad spoke at Flip Hacking Live last year. Chad's been doing a lot of the coaching calls inside of our mastermind group, the Seven Figure Runway, over the past year, and he was gracious enough to make a video and answer it. So the question is, how do you handle a seller appointment? So here's Chad King to tell you how he handles his seller appointments. The big question is this, how do you start or grow a real estate investing business that will give you the income and financial freedom you desire without losing a ton of money or wasting years of your life trying to figure it out all by yourself? That is the question and this podcast is the answer. I'm your host, Bill Allen, and together we are going behind closed doors so you can hack the country's top experts and learn the secret tips, tricks, and strategies that actually work in today's market. Welcome to the Flip Hacking Live podcast. Hey everybody, so the question I'm answering here is how to handle your first seller appointment. What we're gonna talk about is basically when an appointment is scheduled, the lead has come in, you've done the marketing, the lead has come in, the lead intake or yourself has qualified it, and now you're gonna set an appointment and go ahead and meet with that seller, okay? First things first, pre-work, right? You must know your numbers, if you do not feel confident in the ARV, the CCV, the comps in the area, if you're not confident in the numbers and what the house is actually worth, you're going to be very hesitant to get into a negotiation with the seller. And you're going to shy away from having that difficult conversation that you sometimes need to have um, if you don't feel confident in the numbers. So pre-work is huge, right? It, it, especially in the beginning, it does take a little bit longer to do your pre-work but it's gonna pay off tenfold when you feel confident at the negotiation table um, that you've done that work and you know what the property's worth. So pre-work's number one. Number two is gonna be the screening call. Uh, if you have a lead intake person that's setting your appointments, you're gonna to wanna to do a confirmation call and also a little bit of a pre-screen. Uh, opinions vary on how deep to go into a pre-screening call. Um, you know, you don't wanna go down the entire process with them on the call and then have to do it again in person. Normally on a pre-screen call, I'm just, I'm looking for a confirmation of the appointment or the decision maker is going to be there. Um, and I, I might ask some high level questions, depending on the information that I have uh, from the lead, I might dig a little bit deeper into some situational stuff. Uh, but for the most part, if an appointment is set, like I want to do most of the uncovering motivation and diagnostics on the appointment itself. So pre-work, pre-screen call, then you're going to get into 
the actual appointment. Okay, so you've done it all, you're at the house, like they open up the door or it's a phone call. Like there's a hybrid model, you can, we're talking about it as if it was a phone call as well too. So you either show up at the property or they answer the phone. You wanna set some sort of agenda of what's gonna take place on the call. Okay, we call it a frame um, from the book, Pitch Anything by Oren Claff. You set a frame. Basically, what frame are we gonna operate in in this next 20 to 30 minutes, 45 minutes if you're on site? What, what frame are we gonna operate in? And for me, that frame is, hey, listen, I, I wanna get to know you a little bit better, better, take a look at the property, if you wouldn't mind giving me the tour. Then I'd like to uh, uncover a little bit about your situation, or why you're thinking about selling, et cetera. And at the end, you know, we will be able to make you an offer on the spot. Uh, if you like it, that's great. If, if it doesn't work for you for any reason, that's completely okay too. We certainly don't buy every house we look at. Does that, does that sound good? And getting, so that's the frame that, that's gonna take place, right? We're gonna walk through the property, I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm gonna, I wanna know why you wanna sell it. I'm gonna ask you some more questions. And then we're gonna sit down and see if we can figure out a win-win, okay? So that's the frame. Same thing on the phone, except you just say, hey, if you have 15 or 20 minutes now, I'd love to you know, ask you some questions, et cetera, okay? So uh, some sort of agenda needs to be set. This whole notion of you know showing up at the front door and they open it up and you're like, hey, I'm Chad, and just seeing where the seller takes you is not the way to do it, right? Because you have no control over that process, okay? so. We've got the agenda set. They know what's gonna take place on the appointment. Hopefully that alleviates some pressure so that they're feeling a little bit of anxiety, some angst about how it's gonna go. A lot of sellers, they, you know, this is a big decision for them. They don't know what, what's gonna take place. So when you come right out of the gate and set that frame, a lot of you'll, times you'll see the seller's shoulders drop. Okay, this is what's gonna take place. And also, they're gonna now start to get in the mindset of, okay, this person's ready to make me an offer. Okay, so I, I need to get in the mindset of being ready to sell this property because he's told me that they're gonna make me an offer and they're gonna want a yes or no. Okay, so that's the other thing that that frame does. Um, then comes the property tour. So property tour, whether it's in person or over the phone, you want them to sort of walk you through the condition of the property. Uh, you're gonna walk and talk as you're, as you're walking it with them, you know, asking them about certain things with the house, how long they're there, you're building rapport. This is also when I'm doing a lot of mirroring, a lot of Socratic questions. And what you're also doing in, in while you're gaining information about the property, this is the massive intelligence gathering stage. You also want to be listening for cues for uh, potential signs of motivation, for pain, things like that. And when you hear those cues and that door cracks open, let's push through and make sure we go down that rabbit hole with them, right? If they talk about a bad tenant or they talk about how you hear the word burden or headache or something like that, like make sure you open up those and peel back those layers, right? That's how you're going to find out what's actually motivating them to sell that property. And a lot of times, you know, they'll drop subtle cues about the, their pain and maybe say this thing's a burden, but it's your job to really push through and, and dig deeper and ask great questions to figure out, you know, why, why are they really selling that property? At the end of the day, right, these people do have to be motivated in order to take a little bit less than what they could get retail. There has to be some sort of motivation, okay? It may not be this tremendous distress that the house is burning a hole in their pocket and they're going into foreclosure tomorrow, but at the, at the end of the day, they, they do have to have some reason why they would take less, okay? And it's your job to find it out. Um, so we talked about advanced questioning, right? Uh, Socratic questions, mirroring, um, doing those kinds of being very inquisitive and practice tactical empathy. Empathy is putting yourself in their perspective and understanding why they're selling the property from their standpoint, not yours. Don't make assumptions. Utilize empathy and tactical empathy to put yourself in their shoes. And the only way you can put yourself in their shoes is if you figure out how to ask 
great questions, guided questions. Um, and it's, it is about how you ask them too. Then what you're also going to want to do is transition into proactively handling objections, right? Eliminate some of the smoke screens that, that could come up later on in the appointment. Some of the smoke screens include, you know, family members that might be involved in the decision, a time frame that just doesn't line up uh, right now that maybe they wouldn't be making a decision today. Uh, things, things that could get in the way of them giving you a yes or a no decision. You want to proactively eliminate those. The last thing you want to do is get into a negotiation and you're not sure whether or not they're even ready to say yes. It's the worst thing you can do. Okay. So proactively handling those. Then what you're going to want to do is, uh, you, you do have to eventually get into a negotiation. Now, what I found with newer reps is I can hear a hesitation in their voice on appointments when it's time to go ahead and ask for price. It's time to go ahead and start delving into that conversation. And, uh, you know, they want to make sure that is it the right time and all that kind of stuff. Ultimately, if you feel like it's time to go into the negotiation, like let's, let's breach our way in slowly. And what I mean by that is you can do that through asking great questions about, Hey, do you have any idea what investors are paying for paying for properties in the area? Right. That's a great question to ask that starts the conversation off around the pricing that you want to start it off. Not, Hey, do you know what houses that are remodeled are selling for in here? Avoid asking that question because now you're going to have a conversation about ARVs when you want to have a conversation about what investors are paying for properties. Right. So that's a great question. We also talk about price anchoring. Price anchoring is, you know, dropping a lower number so that um, it basically sets a baseline and you can sort of gauge a reaction off of it. Hey, you know, I'm, I saw some, when I was pulling in and I was looking at some comps and I, I saw some investors were buying them for around 50,000, you know, around the corner. I think an investor picked one up for about 55,000 and like it just established that number and sort of gauge their reaction on, on what that anchor is. It's not actually an offer. So you can't really get in trouble by making it, by saying it. Um, all you're doing is, is trying to, you know, get a feel for where they're at from a numbers perspective. And let me caveat that this, this price thing by saying like, just because they give a price doesn't mean you're obligated to go right into your offer. Um, we're going to talk about leverage here in a second, but don't feel pressure just because you start the conversation about numbers doesn't mean you have to take it to the finish line right there. You can always ask them, Hey, how much, you know, do you need to get out of this property? And they give you a number and you can then go back into diagnosis. Like you don't have to immediately go down. Okay. So keep that in mind. Um, the other thing I want to talk about now is, is presenting. Like what happens when you actually get a number that's, and they have a realistic asking price, they have motivation, they, they determined it's a closable deal. You have all the decision makers there. They're ready to make a decision. The time frame lines up. Okay. This deal is closable. Right? don't get too excited. Long way to go. You need to make sure that I double triple check that if the number that is presented is, is acceptable, they are willing to sign an agreement today. Okay. That's on the phone or in person. Um, and then the, the solution needs to be presented in a tailored fashion, unique to their situation, right? What I've found is if you go into these, this business with some sort of one size fits all blanket cash offer scenario, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Each seller needs to be handled differently. They're all in unique situations and the solution needs to, pre to be presented that way. Okay. So it's, Hey, we're going to address this concern by doing this. Hey, I know you were concerned about, you know, having to clean out the property. We're going to, we're going to solve that by not buying it as is and not making you have to clean anything out. I know you were concerned about 30 days being too quick to find a place. How we're going to solve that is we're going to push the closing date out for 90 days. And then you let me know when you're ready to sell and we can move it up. 
um, things like that. So it needs to be, it needs to be custom. Hey, you know, I know you were concerned about having the money to get to your next place. So what we're going to do is do an escrow holdback and hold back $10,000 at closing. We'll give you the bulk of the proceeds so you can go and find your next place to live. And then when you're ready, um, we'll, we'll budget a couple of weeks for you to move out and then we'll give you the remainder of the funds. Okay. So it, you know what I mean? It has to be custom tailored solution. And then, you know, after that is handling resistance. If you have any, um, a great question for that is like, Hey, you know, it seems like there's something you're concerned about. If you, if you get this feeling that you're getting like a maybe or a think it over, that means there's something you missed. Okay. And if there's something you missed, you need to go back and address it. And for me, what that is, is, uh, potentially finding out that, you know, there's something that they weren't forthcoming about during the diagnosis or during the proactively handling those objections and it's going to come up to bite us. Uh, what you want to do is make sure you handle that resistance before you give up all your leverage. Your offer is your leverage. And once you give it up, they don't need you anymore. Be careful before I give a finite number. I'm very careful that I know that this deal is going to be closable today before I'm giving up an exact number of what I can offer. Otherwise I'm going to be playing with ranges or figurative numbers, theoretical numbers, until they commit to making a decision. Um, after that is, uh, you know, signing the contract. The good thing is, is if you've done all your your job correctly up to this point, the signing the contract is is pretty easy. I have plenty of videos on how to how to go through a contract. The high level overview here is you want to make sure that yourself and the seller are on the same page and that expectations are exactly the same. Okay, that is the biggest tip I can give you when it comes to signing contract. The worst thing that can happen is you leave the house and the seller's expectations for what's going to take place are different than what your expectations are what's going to take place. Example, the seller thinks it's a done deal. Your expectations. I got a two-week due diligence to figure out if it's a done deal. Okay, big no-no. Another example, seller thinks that there's going to be one home inspector that comes to the property. Your plan is to, to walk 10 buyers through to try and wholesale it. Okay. There are ways, make sure that those two completely different expectations are not completely different when you leave the house. And there's ways in some of my other videos on how to explain that to a seller that you're going to be bringing people through, how to explain that, hey, this deal is not completely done until we pass due diligence. Making sure that you're on the same page. What's going to transpire? Who, who are they going to hear from? Are they going to hear from the title company? Are they going to hear from transactions coordinator? Who do they need to answer? All this kind of stuff needs to be laid out for the seller so that everybody's on the same page. Okay. Um, and then some more of the advanced stuff is, you know, creative offers. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep down the rabbit hole on creative offers today. What I want to just touch on is, you know, there are more ways to get deal done, deals done in this business than cash. And you guys all know that. Um, there are four types of creative offers when a seller has a mortgage and when they don't have a mortgage and then short term and long term. Right? Those are the four types. And they can be structured all kinds of different ways. Um, I could do a, a two hour podcast on just creative offers. Uh, but ultimately what you need to know is that there are ways that you can pay more for properties. If you can get creative with the math and figure out how to structure a win-win for the seller and a win-win for the buyer. Um, there are, there are a lot of ways that you can do deals subject to, um, sellers holding the note, uh, deferred payments, taking over the mortgage payment. Like there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with creative offers. So I encourage you to dive deeper down that rabbit hole for this, for this video. I just wanted to talk about handling your first seller appointment. So I hope that was, I hope that was helpful. Um, 
go in it, seven figure vault has a lot of content for myself, training, stuff like that. And I'm always constantly doing new trainings as well. So, uh, again, hope that was helpful and I'll catch you guys on the next video. Thanks. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that one with Chad. It's uh, really good stuff. Like some of the questions that he's asking, why he's saying what he's saying, this, um, this conversation, the mirroring, the labeling, all that stuff that uh, Chris Foss teaches and, and all of these different things that are included in this sales call to make sure that you're getting the best price possible and making it a win-win for you and for the seller. And that's what's so important, right? Um, he talked about escrow holdbacks. So escrow holdbacks, I talked about at a previous podcast where I went through, we also made a YouTube video about it. It's on our seven figure flipping YouTube channel if you want to check it out in video. But if you go back a couple episodes, you'll hear about the escrow holdback that I talked about. And we go through that for about 15 minutes, why you do it, uh, how much money do you hold back, what is it, and, and how do you use it to get deals that your co competition can't get or you can offer at the same price, if not a little bit less and still get the deal. So he, Chad also mentioned at the end seller financing. He mentioned subject to, he mentioned uh, seller carries, things like that for rentals, for flips. And we can go really deep into this. And you guys heard on the last podcast, if you didn't, just go back one episode, listen to the godfather of seller financing, Mr. Andy McFarland. About 40% of their deals have some sort of seller financing in it. And what Andy did was he said, hey, we, know we used to sell this four-hour seminar that he did. So he did a seminar about seller financing. It's amazing. It's what I use to, uh, for my reps to learn how to seller finance and we train people on it. And for me, that's how I learned how to do seller financing and terms and be creative and things like that. So if you want to get your hands on that, we used to sell it for $1,500, but I'm going to give it to you as a bonus. So if you go to fliphackinglive.com and you grab your ticket and in there, it's ad promo right at the top. It says ad promo code. You put in FHL podcast, FHL podcast. You will get these four hours of seller financing training and not just that. So it's a whole course, Andy McFarland's entire seller financing course. And you're also going to get the 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019 recordings that I hand selected for you to prepare you for this event. These are all things, I got rid of the stuff that is no longer applicable because it's been, it's too old and I only kept the stuff that has been long lasting in the industry for you. So you're not going to go through hours and hours and hours of video. Every single one on there is important for today and right now. So go to flipbackinglive.com, grab your ticket and in the ad promo code at the very top, just click it, put in FHL podcast right when you get your ticket. And uh, Vanessa will hook you up with a membership site that has all of the stuff in it. This is over $6,500 in value for you. We've never even sold the recordings outside of Flip Hacking Live of past events before. So I'm excited. I can't wait for this event. Uh, over the you know, next seven, eight weeks, I'm going to put together, start rolling out some of the speakers. I'm going to start introducing them to you on this podcast. And we're going to continue to give you, to answer your questions and give you a lot of value. So I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. If you are, please subscribe please rate and review the podcast. Take a screenshot of the podcast, hashtag at Bill Allen REI, post it on your social media. Let us know what you think. Let us know what questions you have and what you want to be, get answered on this podcast on the next one. So hope you guys have a great one. I'll see you on the next one. Hey, it's Bill again. And I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. 
If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing, how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learned. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.